Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us! Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best yeah. in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that doctor, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Oh, bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Radio. It is Wednesday, August 27, 2014. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Cat Morris, as usual. Uh, back for another week, another show. I'll be reviewing later in the show, CZW's Heat. Uh, this should be quite an interesting review, as as they do like to do. You know, I don't like to bash things for no reason, so I have lots of reasons. Um, <laughs> so, just, you know, quick update. On uh, maybe quick, maybe not, but uh, update on what's been going on with me for the past week. I had a pretty brutal week. Uh, last Friday morning, I woke up ready to go to work. As soon as I wake up, I'm drenched in sweat, sweating, overheating. My whole body feels weak, like I worked out every muscle in my body, like overworked out, um, like just completely weak and beaten down, and just hot as hell so apparently I had a, a fever and you know whatever else was going on there so I'm like oh fuck this I you know I, I called off of work uh, by midday I realized I got like a full-blown stomach thing like this is I mean serious shit no pun intended you know back and forth at the bathroom like a hundred times 
and uh, just can't keep, you know, anything inside me for more than 10 minutes, uh, you know, eat something or drink something, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it wasn't good. It was really, really bad. And, you know, I've had, like, bad stomach days where, you know, I don't have any, like, stomach conditions, so it's not, like, a regular thing. But sometimes you eat something bad or, or whatever the case is, and, you know, the rest of that day is all screwy or, you know, when I used to drink, like, a fish, uh, you know, just the after of drinking some days, like, you know, nothing would go down too well. Uh, you know, those different types of things. But I've never had an extended uh, stomach issue like this one. It was scary. Uh, so then, you know, Friday, that was my day. Um, Saturday, wake up, same thing. Um, no no change, no improvement, really. Um, it's really, really brutal. Go through Saturday. Uh, you know, so now I miss two days of work. Sunday's my normal day off. Laying in bed all Sunday, you know, hot, cold, chills, sweats, the whole thing. And, uh, you know, same fucking bathroom relays and everything, just horrible stuff. Um, Monday, I said, you know, I, I got to go back to work. I already missed two days. And plus, you know, I had my day off after that. So I had three days straight just laying here and it's not improving. I'll go Monday and then, you know, see if it, it improves. And if it doesn't, you know, I'll get on it for Monday evening to go to Sunday afternoon to go to the doctor. So I do that, go to the doctor, and they just told me it's pretty much viral, that they got crazy fucking stomach viruses going around, and they're just beating shit out of people, which, like I said, I just never in my entire life had something that lasted more than a day stomach-wise, unless it was, like I said, alcohol-related, where I, you know, I brought it upon myself. And then, you know, you do the quick math on exactly what the issue is there. But um, just brutal. And then they put you on that, like, brat diet, they call it, which is, like, bananas, rice, applesauce, and um, toast. So those are, like, your options of what you could eat. I need a little bit of, like, extended version of that, which is what I ended up really basing my complete diet on for the past two days was um, just white rice and chicken breast, straight up, like tons of it and um just really no flavor no nothing and the other thing i didn't know which is good information to know uh apparently when you're having these stomach issues um i thought drinking water and gatorade which i was doing a lot of both were both good things to rehydrate you know when you're you know <laughs> losing a lot of fluids and um apparently no that's that's not the right thing to do uh, water apparently keeps keeps it going, uh, and the Gatorade, they said the sugars will bother your stomach as much as anything else, and um, yeah, that's that's just as big of a harm as, as anything else, so they got me on just like the strict ginger ale type thing, uh, so I did that, you know, all of Monday and uh, yesterday, and, you know, started off today that way, too. And midday, I realized, no, I'm all set. I'm, you know, I had zero problems yesterday, zero problems today. I'm all set. Let's get right back into it. Um, matter of fact, last night I did my um, my little yard uh, leg workout type deal where I'm doing, you know, you know, standing squats with the dumbbells and uh, lunges and step ups with the dumbbells and uh, you know, jumps and and the whole nine and just just really, you know put something on my legs, which is the first time I put any, you know, 
athleticism out of me at all, you know, since Friday. So uh, I was just dying because, you know, Spartan races is the stick. So I'm now just a little over a week out from doing that. And I was just, I'm just like, dude, how long is this going to last? What kind of thing is this going to do to me? Like, oh, man, like I just had nightmares. Like this is going to screw up my Spartan race. So, like I said, uh, the past two days, well, I was great. Today, I just decided I'm done. I'm all done with this. Uh, you know, uh, tonight came home, ate two burgers and, and uh, fries off the grill. Man, I'm back. Fuck this. I'm back in the gym tomorrow. Um, I would have went back to the gym tonight, but I want to make sure, you know, it was good for the show, and I want to make sure I ate my first, like, legit meal meal um, that didn't involve white rice and chicken. And... Um, just get back on my game and then tomorrow morning start back with my protein shakes you know uh, i should i haven't had coffee since last friday which i'm not a big coffee drinker but my one cup in the morning when i wake up is going to staple you know for as long as i can remember so uh you know just those type of things that i mean the first two days of the experience too was headaches because i didn't have the coffee in the morning so just tons of just nonsense tied to it really couldn't stand it uh just absolutely terrible so that's that's what's been going on with me um but you know everything's all good back to uh back to business so um last week i had talked about the ice bucket challenge and i uh during my stomach uh issue i was sort of challenged by somebody now this whole thing it was funny because i read uh someone posted the one day and, uh, it, you know, it kind of applied to me. You know, they didn't imply it to me, but, you know, me reading, I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, there you go. Uh, they posted the one day, they said, uh, uh, this ice bucket challenge has only brought awareness to one thing, that I have no friends. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, fucking nobody has challenged me, so I could, you know, I could relate with that little statement. And then I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, whatever, I'm... And, you know, I'll get back to that in a second. But uh, so then uh, this dude who, you know, I have a lot of wrestling friends, guys who just, you know, wrestling fans in one shape or form or, or another, and I don't always remember when I got them as friends, uh, whether, you know, I, I briefly met them at a CZW show or, you know, liked one of their comments on another wrestling friend status and then they friended me or, or, or what it was. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of people on my friends list that I don't really interact with because it's just, oh, we're not really friends. I'm, I mean, it's it's cool. I'm, I'm up to be friends and interact with whoever. I mean, I have people who, you know, friend me and I'll randomly have like a two-hour p.m. you know, private message conversation with them. They'll hit me up, hey, what's going on? And I have no problem chatting with anybody. But like I said, there's some people who just kind of, you know, sit on the side of, well, yeah, I'm just here. I friended them, and there's no interaction. And that was one of these dudes, this dude Dominic. I really have had zero interaction with him since whenever it was that we became friends. So it just seemed weird to me because I was like, well, first off, like, why the fuck would you nominate me? Because, shit, I mean, unless my name was written on my on my page, I don't think you'd know it. And um, And then I noticed another thing. You know, obviously, it's extremely ironic because if you're going through, you know, uh, an extremely bad stomach flu and someone's like, why did you do that ice bucket thing? You're a motherfucker. So, um, anyway, but, uh, 
And then I look at his thing, and I'm like, uh, wow, well, all he really did, there's no video, because I don't know if it's a narcissistic thing or something, but I wanted to go back and I wanted to hear him say my name, because, you know, shit. I mean, like I said, I have no interaction with this guy. Did he actually, did he pull off a paper? Is he sitting in front of his computer hitting, like, a random button? What, what is he doing? So I want to see, you know, he said my name on the fucking video. I realized there's a video. He just typed, I took the challenge, and now I nominate these people. I'm like, well, shit. I could, I could just say, oh, now I took it because he told me to, and now I nominate these people and continue his track. But that's not going to happen. Uh, first off, like I said, I had the summer flu. Second off, although, like, I was fully up to do it, um, you know, when the whole thing started and stuff. And like I said, I'm all for it because it, it really has raised awareness and donations overall, whether everybody who does it donates or not. Um, the fact of the matter is, is I'm absolutely not donating. I mean, there's, there's no maybes about it. There's no one that's going to post anything that's going to make me donate. Um, there's, you know, thousands upon thousands into probably close to millions of different charities out there. Um, I can't save the world. Now, if someone decides that they're going to come up with a gimmick that's going to help their charity by, you know, leaps and bounds, I'm all for it. That's awesome. That doesn't mean because you came up with a good tagline, now I'm going to donate to you. Just like if you put a small child in front of a store, that doesn't mean they're going to pull on my heartstrings and now I have to give you my money. Like, I just, I pretty much have a stance where I don't donate to anything. I have three children. I live on a week-to-week paycheck basis. It, it is what it is, you know what I mean? And I'm all for you people raising money. I understand it completely, but, you know, it's... It, I mean, I, I work at somewhere that runs off of donations. So, it uh, I understand it. I'm not against these people raising money. I think it's perfectly fine. Um, it's just, I'm not going to be donating. Um, like I said, if, if all these causes came up with great ideas in order to boost their, their uh, you know, their charitable donations, that'd be great. Because, I mean... ALS is serious, but so are so many different types of cancer that's plaguing people. There's so many different diseases that are plaguing people. And then you go from, from just diseases alone to, you know, the homelessness to, you know, Wounded Warrior Project to, you know, the children's hospitals to, you know, orphan children. I mean, there's a million things you could support, homeless animals, which is, you know, a big thing with me. Uh, but, I mean, you either have the money to donate to, to causes or you don't. And it's easy to say, oh, well, you don't have just $10 yet. Well, I, then what makes their charity the one that I'm going to donate specifically to? You know what I mean? Like, I got $10 towards them and then $10 towards everybody else. Well, shit, I could sign my paycheck over and still owe people money on these fucking charities because it's just, you know, it is what it is, like I said. I would have done it out of the purpose of, okay, I'm saying this and then, doing a little thing with the water and um and you know just passing the word along i think passing the word along has gotten them just tons and tons of donations alone so i would have done it just off of that if there was an actual video attached to it and someone actually you know that i knew was like yeah i'm, I'm tagging eminence you know you do it now i did it but uh, like I said, I, for that reason, and as far as the ice thing goes, I've done Tough Mudder, which I'll be doing again in October, um, not, you know, the middle of the summer when all these things are being done. And, you know, uh, 
just just the challenge, you know, being spoken of. Not the you know, not the charitable part. Just the ice on the water thing, as far as what that challenge is. Um, you have to jump into this thing. It's called an Arctic enema. Uh, you, you jump in there, and it's like a kind of a line dumpster, like a dumpster with a lining, and it's filled with ice water in October. Um, you jump in there, and it's about chest high, and there's a board in the middle that goes to the, the surface of the water. So you have to go under the water and wade, you know, come up and then wade through the rest of it, you know, like a, the length of a dumpster. And um, and then climb out and then continue your <laughs> tough mudder race, which is you know like a 12 mile race. So the the ability to handle it is not the is not the issue whatsoever. It's just like I said, the uh, familiarity with the person who's even tagging me in it, not even showing themselves doing it. Um, just that that just put me where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and skip that, especially in the time that it was with the Sony virus. But anyway, um, I think I had mentioned this um, last week, a week, one of these weeks, but um, a big fucking pet peeve of mine is because I eat a lot of fruit, like a lot of fucking fruit, um, like, a, like a zoo animal. Um, whether I'm ingesting it, that you know, just eating it, cutting it and eating it, you know, peaches, apples, all sorts of things, or I'm throwing it through my... Um, my Nutribullet, which is finally going to get life again tomorrow after, uh, you know, almost a week of hiatus. Um, I mean, I eat a lot of fruit. So, and I'm obviously particular about it because when you're buying, you know, five, six, seven, eight peaches at once, you got to make sure they're right because otherwise by morning they'll all be mushed and uh, you're beat. So, uh, you really, you know, take a lot of time and you stand there and you feel them and you try to make sure they're not all banged up and everything like this. Try to get, you know, good fruit. So it's not just, you know, picking a box of cereal off the shelf, throwing it in your your cart and moving on. You're standing there in front of the fruit like an asshole for a while, you know, just fumbling through this fruit and trying to find the best stuff, you know, for you to take home and eat. And one of my biggest pet peeves is going through all that, doing the rest of your shopping, and then getting up to the counter where these chicks just fucking basketball dribble it off of the, the thing, trying to find the code on one of them, and they're just slamming them on the counter, flipping them up, slamming them, and they throw it into the bag thing, like, just, just fling them into the bag thing. So I'm like, well, I'm glad I took all this time to, to pick out my fruit specifically you can beat the shit out of it, of it in front of me, you know, while I'm paying for my fruit. That's that's my favorite thing that you did today. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I've ranted about it before, I'm pretty sure. But um, today, I went and I got fruit. Again, first time I could eat it in a minute. Uh, and this, this chick, she was very delicate, you know. And she was, and I almost wanted to say, you know, I appreciate the way you're handling my fruit. I didn't want to come off like some fucking pervert, you know? Like, I was trying to make some, some quagmire line on her. So I was like, I'll just smile and nod and just keep it moving. I'm not even going to say anything. She knows how to do her job, and that's good. But, uh, fuck, man. I was like, that yeah, man, she, she's actually taking care. Like, you know, you know, you could throw a bag of candy in the, uh, in the bag, it's not going to do any any harm, you know. Jelly beans rattle around in the bag, no big deal. But 
Jesus, you know, the some of the slamming of the fruit is really fucking vicious. They they might as well just say before they do it, just like, listen, I don't give a shit about your fruit. You're in better shape, and I don't appreciate it. Fuck your fruit, all right? And then just start beating the shit out of my fruit. They might as well make some kind of statement beforehand. So it's like, let's just put this right out there. Um, I don't fucking care about what you're eating. Um, what else? Um, speaking of douchebags at fucking stores, there's this kid. I don't even know how old this guy is, but um, he really needs his head run over. Um, this guy, I've had this problem with him. I, I feel like this relationship's been going on over a year now. Go to Walmart. You know, we pull up. You know, you, you kind of got to make a little loop around the parking lot so you can find your parking. When you first drive in, you got to drive, you know, across where the front of the store, where the people come out and stuff is. Obviously, you know, there's, there, you know, slow down signs. And it's only natural when there's people going to cross. You, you generally don't, you're not allowed to run them, you know, flat onto the street. It's just something they frown upon in, uh, in my town. So, um, this asshole, he's, he's the guy who collects the carts because he's so talented. Um, and, uh, he's one of the guys that collects the carts. So he finds it necessary. And he did it once, and it pissed me off really bad because of the way he did it. He he was going to come out in front of me, you know, and, and he did that. He did that move. And it was like, all right, the vehicle stopped. This dude stops in the middle, like he's walking across the front of the car, stops right in the middle and puts his hands up like a fucking traffic cop. Puts his, you know, his, his uh, you know... His stop sign, his, his little, just his hand up with the, with the stop sign signal and just stares at the car. And I'm like, would you get this motherfucker out of the fucking way? You gotta be kidding me with this guy. And he did it, he's done it a couple more times. And it, for whatever reason, it just enraged me because it's like, dude, if you think you need to stop in front of the vehicle and then put your hand up telling them to stop, I mean, if you needed to do that, otherwise the vehicle wouldn't stop, it's probably not that safe for you to fucking stand there. This kid weighs like 100 pounds. And it just enraged me because he was just, just such an arrogant little bastard about it. And um, so then I started getting, like, really angry. And sometimes that, you know, we'd pull up there and uh, he would do that. Or I would just see him after that. And I would just, like, fucking yell at him. You know, and... Knowing that, you know, the windows were up and stuff and I wasn't going to try to yell through all the glass, I would just more or less mouth to him and, like, point right at his face and go, like, fuck you, motherfucker. And, you know, like, I, I started getting really aggressive towards just seeing this kid. I hate him. He knew I hated him. And, you know, I'd flip him off and, like, really fucking mouth, like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, something about this kid just enrages me. So then yesterday we're there, or two, it might have been two days ago. And the motherfucker's like waving and like waving his stop sign, his hand stop sign in front of my fucking. I'm like, dude, this dude. I just started laughing. I'm just like, I can't, I can't even take this motherfucker. For that reason, when I go to this store, and believe me, he'd be jerk off of the week if I had my jerk off of the week uh, uh, sound music. But I, I don't know where all my files are. I have like different hard drives and shit. Whatever was up on Blog Talk is stuff that I could have put on from three hard drives ago, and it. You know, it is what it is. It's up there. But um, to find it again now, you know, to have Andrew put it up is a, is a whole different thing. So I, I haven't done that. But this dude would definitely be jerked off of the week. But, um, yeah, it, 
this guy, I, I don't know. Like when, now, when I go there, I immediately have zero manners as far as the parking lot pertains. Like anything that, like, oh, well, this cart, yeah, I could bring the cart to where they go, which I would do in any other store. But now I want to like flip it upside down on top of the fucking roof of Walmart. I want this asshole climbing the building to get my car back. I mean. Any way that I could somewhat inconvenience this asshole, I'm gonna do it. Like I want to walk every cart to the edge of the property and just leave it there. Walmart parking lots are ridiculously big; they're never that packed, even Christmas time. They're fucking 85 lines that they open four windows. It's ridiculous. But like I said, I I want to just fucking fold these carts in half. So he has to do something about it when he gets there. I'd like to weld several carts together so that way he has to somehow wrestle with these things in the parking lot at some point of the night. I, I just my hatred for this guy is uh it's so very strong. It really is. Uh and it's over such limited interactions. Pretty impressive. I, I really I just envision police if I really acted on what I want with this dude, but I wanna if anyone's seen head of state with Chris Rock I wanna smack this dude like fucking Bernie Mac was smacking people walking through the subway. That's, that's what I want to do. I just want to get out of the car, walk past him, and just barely even break my stride and just backhand this fucking dude into the cart. But, you know, I'm an adult. You can't do shit like that. Movies are movies. Um, speaking of assholes, Marty Gennetti's up to his shit again. Um, this guy is like 54 years old. All right? This is one of many, well, now I want to say many, that's, that's crazy. Uh, one of a few wrestlers who have blocked me and, and had threatened to kill me over time. Um, you know, back when I was a drunk, I, I used to get into a lot of internet wars, uh, late night internet wars, and um, he was one of them. The thing is, is like, the people who I did, like the, the wrestlers and people that I really got into big shit with, for the most part, there's a few that, you know, I was just fucking way in the wrong, and I've apologized to every one of those people, you know, whether they've accepted it or not. Um, and I tried to set shit straight, you know, with anybody I wronged that I felt like I didn't. But the majority of them, including Marty, they're dickheads. Like, I, I have no remorse for anything I said that pissed someone like him off because he's just a dickhead. and He doesn't act like an adult. Um, like I said, 54 years old, and this guy is just... It doesn't stop. It doesn't take me getting into an argument with this guy. It doesn't take anything. It, it's Marty being fucking Marty. This guy types this. Um, I think this was the other night. I um, wish it was on my timeline, but again, the dude blocked me years ago. So um, it says this. How about this bitch Wendy and let's get real as shit. Why do we have a kid together? Because my dumb ass didn't wear a condom that morning. But Joe Stripper ass didn't tell me we had a daughter together until she was 23. Shut up, all caps. Or tell me more truth that you don't want to hear, such as you sucking Sean's dick for his birthday and, yes, ask you would you do that for him and he hates black people. Call me a lie that you won't. <laughs> I mean, this is real shit. I mean, this, this dude is really posting, and this isn't like a private message. This dude is posting this shit on his wall. 
<laughs> for all of his quote-unquote fans to see. At the time where this was screen capped, 36 people had liked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of people didn't like whatever was happening there, too. But Jesus Christ, ah, oh man. Someone's got to, like, do me a solid and, and just fucking screenshot his crazy posts and then just, you know, private message them to me because that, that fucking dude is is on, like, Iron Sheik's level as far as blacking out and fucking flipping flipping out drunk and shit. Um, I mean, he is he is on some shit right there. Um, but um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, well, there was that college player that faked uh, being a hero, injuring both ankles. He came up with a story where he jumped off a second-story balcony to save his nephew, I believe it was, or Manti Teo's girlfriend or somebody who was in the pool drowning. And um, hurt sprained both of his ankles and then drug himself to the pool and got into the pool and then drug them out of the water because they couldn't swim and saved them and then he went on to say that um, it wasn't because that was his nephew he would have done that for any child so you know he put this big heroic effort out and then like there started to be a lot of rumbling like yeah, this motherfucker might be lying like a lot of calls were coming into the college saying that dude's fucking lying I was there there was no kids and he stole some shit and jumped off to like a lot of people were saying it was some kind of robbery or something was going on that he jumped off the thing. Some dumb shit happened that didn't have to do with him being no hero, and now he's out for the season or close to or whatever. So they're investigating it, but, you know, just a dickhead move saying, you know, I, I went and saved this kid, and that's why I'm hurt. I'd do it for any kid. Look at me. I'm a USC Trojan. I think he's a Trojan. Or I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, that, that's some interesting shit there. Um let me see what else what else what else guess I'll go into eh, I'll take a break come back talk about it you know a few more things and then uh, I'll get into the CCW thing a little bit Speak to Hector, please. Listen, listen. You know I don't speak that shit, okay? Listen, bitch. You fucking tell Hector I'm coming and sending my fucking Desperados for him and you. You're fucking dead. You ever dance with the devil under the pale moonlight? Desperados. Traveling. Fuck's up, son. Do this, what it up? Do this. Spend too many nights on the head again, right? Breaking big face pennies, betting against the friendly dice. I can't call it, it's going too good to spoil it. Tell it like it is, the raw should never reward it. Too many nights on the head again, right? Breaking big face pennies, betting against the friendly dice. I can't call it, it's going too good to spoil it. Tell it like it is the world. A thousand degrees it. Celsius, I make MCs melt. Fuck my record label, I appear courtesy of myself. Let me explain how I maintain thresholds for pain. I walk across the sun barefoot looking for shade. I rearrange a rib cage like a 12 gauge at close range. Change the position of the crane. My hard back penetrates through your hard hats and all that. Nigga.
Lisa, get your wig pill back. I scalped you like the Indians on horseback. Running bull will hit you harder than running back. Stunning man with brave and cunning raps. Swiftly running laps around 48 tracks. Like uncut crack, you fiends keep coming back. Heads is flipping like acrobats on gym mats. From wax to analog tapes, the digital dax is critical black. The cannabis is ill like that. In fact, perhaps you should quit rap. Instead of always trying to diss back. If niggas keep telling you that your shit's whack. I rip raps, hardcore raps, rushing you to the floor mat. Put you in the figure four, break your thorax. Jump off the top turnbuckle and land on your back. Till I hear it snap or crack or the reps. Still black, you get clapped, bringing the wrong raps to combat. Like bringing the paint gun to a shootout with real gas. Y'all niggas is whack, rapping over microphone feedback. My intelligence begins where yours peaks at. From Fox Boogie and the see through Brazier and the Nasty Nazi. My nigga Nature will explain it further if it's not clear. Millionaire, look at the sky, make sure it's still there. Ice grill stairs, and my jury is a heavy year.
fight scene in an action flick type match. But if that's what you're looking for, the match was just awesome. Uh, just crazy, you know, spots and just intense from the start. You know, uh, I, I mean, the Young Bucks are just amazing. Uh, those dudes are, there's a reason why, you know, they're booked so heavily in Japan and, and everywhere else they're booked. And I can't imagine that it'll be, you know, too long before they're actually signed. Um, especially with so many guys around them, you know, Steen and, and all those guys getting signed. It just kind of baffles me that they haven't been yet. Um, I don't know if it was those old rumors of them, you know, uh, being unprofessional or not shaking hands or whatever the case was. Because, you know, from what I heard, too, that was that was a way, way overhyped thing. And then they actually played it up, you know, as more of a yield gimmick, uh, you know, after that where they kind of played off of it. But I haven't heard any negative uh, anything about them in the locker room you know, on the indies and everywhere they go. And, you know, they're well-respected in Japan, which definitely wouldn't happen if they had no respect for the business or, you know, anybody that way. Um, yeah, they're they're a fucking awesome tag team. And, uh, I mean, Kansas stepped up big time, you know, bled all over the place. Uh, that was, you know, the big kind of headline is look at Kansas's face and the puddle of blood that was on the floor. But, yeah, I mean, the spots were just crazy. Uh she took a super kick, uh, big shock. She took a super kick with the, the young bucks in the ring. But um, he put on a, a, a shoe with a thumbtack sole, and he hit her with a super kick. Uh, that shit looked crazy as hell. I mean, goddamn. And um, yeah, it was it was overall great. I would highly recommend seeing it if you like this kind of type of just crazy mayhem. Uh, you know, no holds barred. You know you know, weapons and all that stuff. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the type of thing you see there with the hardcore isn't, you know, CZW level, you know, light tubes or any of that stuff, but you're talking definite hardcore and uh, just insane spots. And, um, I kind of, you know, at times I definitely prefer like a hardcore match that has like the, you know, the ladders and the chairs and, and those different things and just extreme bumps over just, you know, big blood fest, you know, like a no rope barbed wire match. There's, there's a handful of them that I actually really like, but for the most part, it's just uh gore for the sense of gore. Um, there's you know, been some really, really good, you know, well done ones, but you know, some of those crazy TLC matches that you've seen out of different guys were just fucking awesome. Um, I mean, TLC match back in the day that I remember, was awesome in Ring of Honor was uh, John Walters and um, Xavier. That was it. I think it was at a final battle, and that was just an absolutely insane TLC match that I'll never forget. Uh, some of the you know back seats and you know Blade Mondo, like those TLCs, and uh, I mean just just some awesome shit that you'd see just with that stipulation alone, and the bumps off of it were some of the craziest things you'd ever see. So um, yes, that's a lot of the stuff I like and um, that was that match was definitely uh, you know one of those uh, just mentioned No World Far Wire too someone was talking about them earlier in the week and I think brought up Lobo or something that just reminded me of it but definitely one of my favorite No World Far Wire matches to this day if not my favorite was um, the original Deja Vu and Zandig Lobo and um, everything about it was just done right 
you know, you, you didn't have, uh, you know, there was, there's so much more that they've tried to do over the years that really never matched, like, the simplicity of, of the actual element of the motor repair wire. And I think one of the biggest things that stood out and made it so much cooler was the fact that Lobo, who always wore a shirt, wore a white shirt for that. He wore, like, a white Nirvana shirt. And the amount of, you know, you'd see the blood and, you know, stuff coming through the shirt, as well as the shirt getting ripped on the uh, the barbed wire, the effect of that was ten times better than if you didn't wear a shirt. That's why, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of people shit on, on guys. Oh, take your shirt off, you pussy, which, you know, they're they're doing the brave act of sitting in one place for a couple of hours, so, yeah, you always got to respect that, but, um, uh, that, that I think was one of the coolest things ever, and I, and I haven't seen it redone yet. I haven't seen one guy do, like, one of those type of matches, like a Nova barbed wire, and wear a white shirt, you know? Uh, you know, obviously, it, it makes most sense if it's a guy who normally wears a shirt, because, you know, the guy's normally with no shirt, and then all of a sudden he does that with it. That's, you know, that's going to bring some of the bullshit fans, you know, uh, chance and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I always respected the hell out of that match. Uh, you know, the, the bump that Lobo took with the uh, the top rope given out and just kind of mangled the dude's knee. The dude had such a bad knee to begin with and just got his legs caught up and that, you know, hung over the side of the ring. Just, just crazy. And Sandig uh, tendon hanging out of his arm at the end of the thing while he's cut up promo. <laughs> his arm is just just pouring blood with a tendon hanging out of it. You know, it's just just insane. Absolutely great. I gotta watch that again. I haven't it's been years since I've watched it. Um, got TNA on my TV because apparently they switched to Wednesdays, and I such a fucking shame if they are gonna go out. Um, I hope they're able to renegotiate something with Spike or whatever, because although I despise TNA's booking, and I find it pretty unwatchable, just the more product that's out there, the better. I mean, TNA goes under and it's gone. Okay, good. So now there's only one thing on TV? I mean, there's, there's not a lot of reasons to be happy about it going away. I mean, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. But, you know, just... For any other reason, it, it's another product on TV. For instance, now, uh, like I said, I, I think it's a shame if it does go out off of TV, and you know, ultimately, if it doesn't have a TV deal, they're not going to be able to afford this thing. But um, at least I don't think so. Huh? But um, and you know, it would just really be another indie at that point. Maybe do pay-per-views, but if you have nothing to build it, then you know, what are you going to be? But anyway, they finally started booking Homicide again and Loki again, and uh, just awesome shit. I'm watching the match right now that's in front of me. It's just crazy, like six man. There's only six guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Loki, Homicide in there, uh, Suicide or whatever the fuck they're calling him now, which is TJ Perkins, who's awesome. Um, uh, what's his name? Zima, Zima Ion. Um, yeah, a bunch of guys in this match. Just awesome stuff. He just won with a key crusher. But um, you know, like I said, uh, the yeah, Young Bucks match awesome. Uh, I think it's the World Barbed Wire matches. 
stuff. Um, I have the Borders Clay shoot. Haven't watched it yet. I was going to try to cram and watch it before this tonight, and then I uh, didn't get around to it. So uh, definitely talk about that a little next week. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Raw. Yeah, just a little bit that went on on Raw. I, didn't, I skimmed it as most weeks and watched less of it than, you know, than usual. Um, it started off with the whole panel thing, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. You had uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Shawn Michaels, who, according to Marty Jannetty, does not like black people. Um, <laughs> you had them up there, and uh, they were just doing a, like a panel in order to talk about the Cena match that happened two weeks prior, which to me just seems silly to begin with. Because when has that ever happened that they set up a table in the middle of the ring and then brought out three veterans and said, all right, well, what do you think of the match? That, like, that sounds fucking crazy. And uh, I also thought it was kind of funny that uh, Hogan had problems with Brock Lesnar saying, uh, it had he was Brock Lesnar saying, uh, when he came in the ring, they did the Hogan birthday celebration, and Brock said, Get out of the ring, Grandpa, or something like that. Your, your time's done, Grandpa. Get out of here. He called him Grandpa, and then uh, Hogan freaked out on Twitter. Don't make me get in your way, brother. You don't want none of me, and, which is insane because the guy could barely walk, and Brock Lesnar, you know, hurts legitimately. You know, a legitimate fighters he hurts, but Hulk Hogan is uh, threatening him. But uh, what I found funny was the three of them are up there, and the panel's up there, and they're doing their thing. And I honestly don't think it was supposed to go that way. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I have no, no idea what was supposed to happen, what was not supposed to happen. But Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair were complete agreements that yeah, Brock fucking destroyed him, and and Cena, you know, is not going to go win a match with that guy. And Hogan's like, no, no, I disagree, brother. Uh, you know. Cena can do it and never die and blah 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 and I'm like you know I don't know if Hogan was really supposed to take that route I, I didn't see the benefit to Hogan being pro Cena because none of them were saying you know screw that guy but in the same token they were saying you saw that beating I don't think he's going to win and Hogan's the one guy going yeah he will I, I the way it was set up it just really seemed like they were supposed to say what they said, you know, after that beating, I can't imagine him winning. Cena was going to come out and, and say what he said, only minus the having to go, well, Hogan, thanks for agreeing with me. Because Cena came out and said, hey, well, you know, I respect you for this reason. I respect you for this reason. And I respect you for this reason. However, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. I don't think it was supposed to be, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, except for Hogan, who agreed with me, and, you know, thanks for that. However, you two other guys, you know, I think it was supposed to be the three veterans out there going, hey, fucking, I know a beating when I've seen one, and that that doesn't look good for seeing his future, you know? He's supposed to come out and debunk it. Um, it just looks silly, you know, with the one guy in the middle going, yep, now I'm, I'm pro Cena, guys. Uh, so... Um, and I think if it was off script, it was because of the he had heat with Lesnar, and he didn't want to even seem like he was siding with him or or saying anything good about him. So, but I 
I could be wrong, and it just came off weird on air, but it did come off weird on air to me, as as the whole segment did, because, like I said, when when do they ever do that? So um, there was that. Cena said that, you know, he's he's going to not only, you know, beat Brock Lesnar, he's going to beat Brock Lesnar's ass, which is, you know, a brave thing to say when, you know, someone suplexed you 16 times. I mean, you might want to just try to win. Um swing the scales in the entire opposite direction. I mean, that's one way to go about it, but uh, I I don't know. I hope that they don't just give this thing right back to Cena um, in a way where it's a completely even match and then Cena pulls it out because they, they laid it on too heavy in the last one. I I think if they do the same kind of thing this time, maybe not as severe, um, well, in the end, honestly, more severe because uh, you have Cena actually getting in offense and really fighting and getting up from more with more offense rather than just getting picked up off the floor repeatedly and suplexed again, and Brock having to go even harder on him, you know, having to put out more effort and having it be more competitive but not at a point where you ever think Cena's going to win. Brock still being way too much for Cena. Because I think the next one is like, what the hell is it? Night of Champions or Against All Odds or fucking, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's nothing special in comparison to SummerSlam. So if you have like an absolute just murder go down on SummerSlam, and then the next month on fucking, you know, uh, you know, Saturday night's fucking main event, all of a sudden now now Cena could fight him. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. You know, it it just seems like for him to still be too much for John Cena and then build and build and build and build and the eventual big overcoming where Cena actually gets the win will be WrestleMania. You just you just gotta stretch it. You know, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's not that long, especially if you don't have Brock Lesnar wrestling Cena every month. I mean, you have him have this match with him, and then you have, like, a big reflection on his life, you know, Cena. I don't know if he has any movies coming up or anything else where he could take a little time off, but uh, something where, you know, something goes on, or even, you know, Heyman does something where you're not getting another shot at my guy. You had your rematch clause. We proved what we proved to you, you know, we're not, we're not out for this guy to, you know, to die in the ring and have to, you know, go up on charges. We, we put it to bed. Cena stands no chance. You know, something where you have to go up through the ranks again, so to speak. Um, it would make sense. And, I mean, what do you do? If you blow this off this month and Cena gets the win and Brock goes away, well, what are we doing? You know, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I seem to think somewhere along the line that they're going to tie in the 16 suplexes with the 16-time champion if Cena wins. You know, but I, I think it would be absolutely insane to have him just get squashed, which it kind of just looks insane any way you cut it. I mean, for Brock Lesnar to squash a guy who's the staple of the WWE, as fun as it is for people who don't like Cena, um, you know, it just seems silly. 
Uh, and now, you know, John Cena has such a status with the WWE, there's no breaking the guy's uh, reputation or anything, but Jesus, like, where do you go from there? I guess we'll see. But, um, you know, the bounce right back just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And, uh, you know, get the win right away on a kind of nameless pay-per-view. Which I'm sure has a name, I just haven't paid attention to it. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, they're, they're trying to steer John Cena more aggressive and stuff like that, which, you know, he threw a couple suplexes at Bray Wyatt and stuff. And, you know, I think it was a smart idea to put him against Bray Wyatt because it, it was trying to show John Cena's newfound aggression against another guy who he hated. You can't have John Cena just start taking everybody out, um, you know, as a face. That, that's kind of hard to do. Uh, I mean, one thing you can do with Cena is have you know, like the uh, that uh, new nation of domination, have them out there like bullying someone, you know, because they're pretty much the new three-man band anyway. No one's taking them seriously. They leave them off pay-per-views and everything. So, um, you know, have them out there bullying someone, have them out there beating someone down, outnumbering someone or something like that. Have Cena run out there with a straight face, pretty much show no emotion, and just squash all of them. Like, hit, hit them all with suplexes and different things, not just the finishing move. You know what I mean? Just come out there, you know, hit them with some kind of suplexes, and they don't all have to be German suplexes, for Christ's sake. Um, you know, how about just some release suplexes where he really tosses these guys? There's obviously, you see tiny little guys doing it on the indies where they release the guy and they go halfway across the ring because, you know, there's ways to do these wrestling moves. You know, Cena's doing that type of thing and just launching people. You're going to go, wow, Cena's fucking serious. You know, and and that would make an impact. Like, he's making a save for somebody, but he's not really acknowledging that he's making a save. He's just going out there like he's pissed off. He's taking out the three bad guys, and then he's just walking off without saying or celebrating anything. And you go, wow, Cena's fucking focused. You know, that's that's one way you could do, you know, Cena going on a rampage without him turning heel or anything. But it is kind of hard to do. Being he had the history with Bray Wyatt, it makes all the sense in the world to be like, oh, okay, now he's wrestling Bray Wyatt, and oh, look how aggressive Cena is. But you don't want to have him squashing Bray Wyatt for a month because, well, that's just going to take Bray Wyatt's heat away. You know, all that time he spent building that up, you can't have him killing that at the same time as trying to build Cena. Because building Cena is just a very silly phrase to say all together <laughs> he's, he's the most pushed guy on, on the planet um what else happened the uh Bree and Nikki segment happened which is you know fucking is what that is um Bree is a horrible actor uh actress she, she's really absolutely terrible she just makes these super ugly crying faces and um yeah, Bree is very, very not good at it. And um, Nikki's, you know, she's doing her thing and making it seem like she's just a vicious sister and just saying super fucked up things to her. And But you can only hope this match comes together and goes, well, it, it's one of those things that I kind of think that if there's any the, uh, you know, chemistry or anything like that, it's got to be between the sisters, right? I mean, if these two chicks have chemistry with anybody in the ring, they, they've had to done tons of practicing, training, and shit together, right? I mean, I would think that they can pull out 
some form of good match out of each other. Um, and, you know, it's kind of looking forward to seeing what these two can do in a feud against each other. And um, a lot of times, too. Um, I know these, these are no Briscoe brothers, but, um, you know, if you watch, like, the Briscoe brothers matches against each other, uh, they'll hit each other harder than they'll hit most other people because they're so much more comfortable of what they can get away with with their brother. And, you know, they, they trust each other to really, you know, do dangerous shit because they're, they're brothers. So, again, these are no Briscoe brothers. But, um, you know, you might see, see a little bit more open, you know, aggression between the two of them where, you know, they're able to open up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, just kind of interested in it somewhat. Of course, it hurts the entire thing when Bree is that just absolutely horrendous at selling this whole thing. So, a borderline laughing throughout the thing, and uh, yeah, just those crazy, ugly crying faces were not really believable, but not really watchable either. Just uh, pretty terrible. Um, let's think of what else. I also wanted to put out there, um, I had meant to mention this a couple of weeks ago, but I listened to Goldberg on um, Adam Carolla's show. And uh, he was, you know, there on one of his live shows and, you know, just, just doing all banter and stuff like that. And um, I was a Goldberg fan. Um, and, I, and I was kind of wondering, I mean, it's kind of an open question, obviously. There's not a lot of answer. Uh, but um, I wonder how people feel out there about that dude in the overall uh, spectrum of it I think it's very impressive I mean the guy and you know it really sunk in when he said it on the show because you know Carl asked him you know Carl watched some wrestling and you know liked some wrestling and you know did some stuff on the man show where they went and trained and wrestled and like that type of thing so you know he knows a little bit but he's not like a weekly wrestling watcher or anything like that so he asked you know Goldberg well how long were you in the wrestling business and he said three years and to me, I mean, that's just fucking amazing when you think about that. That's all Goldberg was in the professional wrestling business. He was kind of in the right place at the right time. Got hooked up with the, the power plant over there. And in three years, went to the top of WCW, built up as an absolute monster, and played his role to the T. I mean, you know, and during the Monday Night Wars, when things were going crazy and Stone Cold was on top of the world over there, Battle on the Rock and everything else, you had Goldberg as a holy shit dude. And, I mean, I was up north at the time, and I had uh, a lot of my boys and stuff, and some of them would watch wrestling, some of them wouldn't. Um, but even the people who wouldn't were interested in Goldberg, so they're like, holy shit, that dude's big. What the fuck is he going to do now? And they'd see him just, you know, take people out, and they're like, oh, wow, this fucking Goldberg guy. You know, neck muscles immediately got, uh, you know, referred to as Goldbergs for a, for a while after that shit. Like, a dude that big neck muscles, like, this fucking guy with his Goldbergs and shit. You know, uh, and I don't know. I just, I, I found it extremely impressive. Obviously, there's probably a lot of hate on what he did maybe because he didn't train for three years and wind up somewhere and have to come up through the small ranks. He pretty much trained, blew up, and got the fuck out. And, you know, he had a, not a real big run in WWE, but it is what it is. In between, went to Japan, 
uh, you know, Russell Kojima and a bunch of other guys over there. Um, was just a tremendous star in three years' time, and then just fucking just walked away and, and said, all right, well, did that. Been there, done that. I, you can't say many other people have risen to stardom as fast as Goldberg and and accomplish what he did. You know, I I respect it. I'm definitely a Goldberg fan. But I just kind of wonder, you know, what the overall feeling on Goldberg's, uh, you know, run was. I mean, it was what it was. It was three years. You can't, you know, compare him to a lot of, you know, legends or anything like that. I wouldn't go anywhere near that. But just for his three-year run, you got to fucking think that that's pretty impressive. Uh, I would think. Um Especially, you know, how many monsters of the WWE, you know, which is you know, obviously the bigger company than WCW was, how many monsters have they tried to build that didn't work out? And within that small amount of time, WCW made a fucking absolute monster. And he just, he tore through everything, did everything he wanted to do, and that's it didn't really have any lofty expectations of, you know, being in the business for 30 years or any of that shit, you know. He, on the top of his game, he did what he did and, you know, was was obviously, and I know he caught heat for, you know, kicking Bret Hart in the face and screwing his brain up or whatever, but I, you know, I, I don't know. Things happen in the ring and I, I don't think it was the, the only time Bret Hart caught a stiff shot from somebody, so you can blame him because it was the last one, but I'm sure there was a couple others that uh, hard caught over the years, and you know. But uh, let me see. I think uh, yeah. All right. Um, I think I'm gonna take my second break, and then I'll come back and I'll hit the CEW show up. People want to think that this is the Wild West. We don't have any laws. What we don't have is enforcement of those laws. Senator Fumo argues tougher gun laws alone won't stop shootings. Last time I checked, we had a law against murder. It doesn't prevent people from killing people. The governor, the mayor, the DA, they all want stricter gun laws. Man, fuck all that bullshit. Vinny Pass, what up? Broad Street bully in the building, I say kill them all. Exterminate these roaches. Fuck that. You pay me or pay Cardo. Pay Pels or somebody. Hawkins or somebody. Pay me or pay the funeral home, nigga. Kill all y'all niggas. One. May death come to all those who crosses. The preachers, the pastors, the deacons, the coffins, church masses, closed caskets, Bible verses, long black curses. Long ass gas, too big for hosts. Obituary posters, sitting posted. The Reaper closing, there, he getting closer. You just say, you blink, it's over. Say, pop soldier here, SK shoulder gear. Ice grill who, hold that stare. Half a clip, now hold that there. Scout your hip, now roll that chair. Uh, yeah, you missed the list of the souls I spare. I double checked that you ain't on that there. I squeeze weapons, hollow points open up like the cobra head. Collapse lungs like a fold up chair. Flatline, clear. Kill them all. Kill them all, 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 kill 
life on the line, this fucking mic is mine. The past burglar, the mass murder, the viper shrine. A strong body could never conquer a righteous mind. Some think it's destiny, some of you think it's Christ's design. You consider what I'm doing like a magical art. I consider what I'm doing like a stab through the heart. My brain moving light speed, nothing fast as my thought. You might feel a slight breeze from the savage's heart. Y'all say your Vinny is back, but Vinny never left. I just had these faggots hating and watching my every step. Everything with Vinny, very deadly, every breath. Everything with Vinny, very heavy, heavenly flesh. Y'all ain't fucking with weight, I'm doing steady reps. I'ma sell my shit in and skate like I was Terry Getz. I keep my biscuit right next to where my machete rests. Everything is everything, but pussy death is death. Kill them all. 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 Bees, what up, cuzzo? Stay proud. Broad Street Bully. Vinny Padge, Vin Laden. Official Pistol Gang. Ad Baba, what up, Cuzzo? D-Boys, Re-Up Gang. get into CZW's heat. Um, I've heard several different people who um, actually attended the show and um, they were saying this was the worst CZW show they've ever attended and this and this. And um, I, I won't go out on a limb and say that, uh, I won't go as far to say that this was the worst CZW show I've ever seen. Because you know, again, to, to, just to repeat again, for those who don't know, I attended CZW from 2001 to 2012, pretty much every single month. I, I moved a handful of shows within those 11 years. So I've seen some horrible fucking shows. And I don't know if CZW could ever put on a show as bad as, and I, and I don't know if I could pinpoint what I feel was the worst show ever, because um, I try not, you know, to really dwell on that as much. I'll call it that when it is, but, you know, I'm not going to forever mark that as something special in my life was the worst show ever. Like, I, I really don't. Um, if someone reminded me of it, I'd be like, oh, that was probably the one. But um, uh, the, the fact that you go, like, in my in my case, we would, you know, we'd go two hours to get there from, you know, where we're at in Jersey to Philly or, you know, even previous to that, Jersey to Jersey over in uh, Sewell was still like an hour and a half because it was just, wasn't, wasn't right here. Um, but anyway, um, you know, it, it put that much more on it when you actually spend your night traveling there and then, you know, CW shows a lot of times would run late, so... Um, by the time we got out of there, a lot of times we'd be hanging out in the parking lot too, so we'd we'd leave there at, you know, uh midnight. We'd be home two in the morning, three in the morning. Just crazy shit, you know. Uh so 
that puts a lot more on it if you travel all the way out there and you sit through a four-hour just horrible show and then go, oh, now we drive two hours home. Like, it's that, that much more, uh, you know, it's just sticks out that much more. So I, I couldn't possibly watch this show on Isaac Paper here and then just circle. That was almost ever. The other, you know, the personalization of it, of you traveling for it, I think, puts that more, much more of an emphasis on it if it is a really bad show. So that's why I couldn't go out on that, uh, you know, on that note. And there were some actual, you know, good matches in the show, and that wasn't the problem. The booking of this show was absolutely horrendous, and that's, that's will be the consistent theme of, of the view. The booking is horrible. DJ is one of the worst bookers on the planet. And if he's getting ideas from other people, he needs to stop answering their fucking emails or, or calls or tell them um, you're busy when they pop up in the locker room. If they're giving you ideas back there, if you're getting um, text messages, maybe you should block those numbers. If you're um, if they're knocking on your door, maybe you should get a big-ass dog. Um, whoever is showing up at whatever capacity and giving you if they're faxing them to you, maybe get a paper shredder. You know what I mean? Like, wherever you're getting these ideas from, cut cut off that connection because it's they're all horrible ideas. Um, so anyway, um, this was, I like the eye pay-per-view. It's supposed to start at 7.30, uh, 8.11 start. So, and I, as I've said in the past, that's been kind of a, a long time. Well, it's UZW, and that's okay when your fans who show up live in person are are used to that and it's only your, your couple hundred people there, when you're trying to make yourself a global company and you're trying to make yourself, uh, you know, people able to watch your shit on iPay-Per-View anywhere in the world, I think you have a little bit more of a priority and, and a responsibility to start on time or just somewhere within the range when you come still are coming near wasn't a double header as far as I know um, you still come somewhere in the area of an hour late on start time you should be fucking ashamed of yourself it's not cute it's not that's so UW is what unorganized and fucking shitty because the reputation that everyone tries to give CDW that they're just some fucking backyard fed and they're not even to be taken seriously. Well, one way to do that is to not fucking start shows on time when someone from California is watching or someone from somewhere else that CZW would not normally reach. They're not the same, you know, uh, 25, 30 people. Sure, you get a bunch of people that are regulars, but as far as people who've been there for years and years, yeah, I mean, you might have, you know, 25 to 50 people that are, are legitimate, you know, long timers there. And, and it's not those same people. And, and honestly, you could shit in their fucking cars while they're in the building watching your shows. And those fucking 25, 50 people will absolutely be there next month. They're fucking lemmings. They're absolutely lemmings. Now, I'm not going to go out of my, you know, out and, and some of them are nice people. I'm not going to go out and just, just call them out, you know, personally, because I could very well list off the fucking names. But, um, like I said, some of them are nice people. I'm not going to do it like that. But those people, legitimately you can <laughs> you could break into their cars and shit on their driver's seat 
while they're in the show every month and they just fucking leave and go man it's the thing that sucks about coming here it's like every time they sit here like they'd start like bringing extra garbage bags for breeze they they would still show up every month there's no maybes about it so those those people don't really count as far as um, the image of your company as you're trying to put it out there to the general masses and to the people who haven't seen it yet and iPay-Per-View is an enormous platform to do so so when you continuously even on it because I've heard non-stop well the other show finished late I don't think this was even a double header so if you're not even dealing with an early show starting late um, I know you're dicking around with a fucking dunk tank in the, in the parking lot for the ice bucket thing Get your shit together. Nobody on fucking IP review cares about it. You know, I mean, I really don't give that much of a fuck. But when it's that consistent, it's just one of those things. You know, uh, on one hand, you guys try to, oh, we're really trying to be professional. We can only do certain things because we want to be taken seriously. But then, like on the other hand, it's like, oh, okay, it's fucking eight o'clock now, half hour, eight oh five. Oh, still nothing. You just get the little fucking spinning thing on the computer then it's like if you've ordered yeah it's coming soon fucking any minute now and that that message can stay up there until fucking wednesday and you're supposed to stand there staring at your blank ass computer i mean what kind of fucking retards do you think there are out there they're all just gonna buy your shit and then stare at a screen that's just like a you know a made-up image of of a couple guys you know mind you that aren't even on the motherfucking card because now let's let's get into the show the front comes out with uh, Niles Young and all those guys, and the first thing we learn is that Joker is not there again. Now, they pitch this in a way, and I know they're having the heels break the news to the, to the fans, but they're doing this in a way as if they're saying Joker's no-shows, because they're giving the fans no notice. Um, and, you know, I don't know Joker. I don't know, you know, what his schedule's like. I don't know, you know, what happened or anything like that. But I don't take Joker as the type of guy to know Joe. So I'm just going to go on absolute speculation that he probably didn't know Joe and you didn't want to announce it to fans that your main event was not going to be your main event. So you allowed everybody to show up and then told them once they were there, oh, by the way, you're fucked. And that's that's just a shitty fucking thing to do. I know it was done before when Masada wasn't there on that other show. I, when um, I think that was that might have been when Biff won the title. But I know Masada was supposed to be there, supposed to be there. Fucking moved all over the fucking internet. It was like Masada fucking moved to Texas or whatever. You guys waited till the day of the show. DJ got in the ring. Was like, oh, last minute. Uh, Masada wasn't able to make it Bullshit The fucking internet knew already There's people yelling from the crowd Going he's moved to Texas And he's like he lives in Jersey stupid And you're still trying to play their intelligence Even when they know some shit's up It's just fucking pathetic That this bait and switch bullshit And you're lucky you have These lemmings that show up Because otherwise normal people would go Dude I fucking showed up I drove two hours for Biff Eustace versus Joker. This is the second time it was supposed to happen. I get into the building. You don't tell me until I sit down on my seats that I already paid for that that's not happening. And now I have to guess, like, oh, what are we going to get instead? You know, and 
they cut the fucking promo, which is horrible because the front is a ridiculous, horrible stable. I'll go down the line on that again. But um, Miles is out there, and he, he cuts the fucking promo. He even tries to use Stone Cold. Eh, eh, I don't think so. Like, dude, you're using other people's catchphrases at this point. Like, if you can't see how lame this shit looks, I don't know what to fucking tell you. I think Miles is a good dude. But I think this stable is absolute dog shit. You want you want um, a mafia based stable. That's that's what you're you're trying to put out there is a mafia based stable. Let me tell you what my my dream mafia based stable would be realistically in that company. That would be your stable would be led and and run by Robbie Marino. He would be your your mob leader and mouthpiece. He's a million times better on the mic than Niles Young will ever be. Number one. Number two, if you kept him in a role as the mob boss, rule number one is the mob boss. They don't get their hands dirty, they send other people to do it. So Niles Young wrestling every goddamn month when most of those other guys in that stable don't even fucking wrestle on the shows that stable immediately looks like shit. Throw that whole fucking idea out the window when the mob boss is wrestling every month. All right? Looks like garbage. So you have Marino, who would be a better fucking mouthpiece. Um, Biff Music, who is one of the only people I really don't have a problem with in the group, let's stick with the mob theme. And Biff Music doesn't look even remotely close to Italian. So Chris Dickinson is your muscle. He's over as fuck. Not to steal that from anybody else. But um, you got that. Niles Young is another henchman in the group because I believe he belongs in the group, but I don't know about how I, I know that he shouldn't be leading it. Um, maybe put another henchman in there and maybe do up like um, take a chick. I, I don't even know who you would use, pick who you want to use, but have them done up like mob wife style and have them talking shit and getting them into wars with other people. You know, have her meddle in some things and and have them have to go, you know, take care of business because she started some shit up or something like that. So I think that group right there as the front would work. They If they push that same group the way they push this group, that group would be over like a motherfucker because Dickinson's over anyway. Robbie Marino's promos are off the fucking chain. Niles Young would run around doing the fucking henchman work as well. I mean, everything about that shit would work. But fucking God forbid they do that. So you got Niles Young wrestling every month as a mob boss. You got the the under guy, the muscle, wins the world title. So now the mob boss doesn't have the belt because, well, he wrestles every month, but he's clearly nowhere near as good as the other guy who works for him. Um, which you wouldn't know if the boss didn't work every fucking month. And then you have Corvus Spears, who's a horrible fucking wrestler. I don't care what anybody tells me. He's just one of those things that I'm never going to agree with anybody else. I, I remember his matches back in um, Jersey All-Pro, and it was, uh, who the fuck was it? It was Corvus Spears and another asshole. And the two of them, 
would have just horrible tag matches. And then, then they have like a singles run with him where he wears Batman symbols on his ear. He's, he's a fucking joke. He's absolutely ridiculous. And they don't even put him, that dude has been a wrestler for fucking 15 years or, or 12 years or however long it's been. That dude has been a wrestler that long in the business. And the most that they do with that dude is dress him in a suit and have him walk out there with Niles Young. They don't have him wrestle matches. They've had tag matches with Niles Young and brought in Joe Gacy to tag with him. They've uh, had tag matches with Niles Young where he brought in Jaka to wrestle with him. So why the fuck do you have these other dudes walking out that are supposed to be your henchmen, your help, your fucking guys that aren't even lacing fucking boots up to wrestle? It's a fucking joke. It's a clown show. They made fucking t-shirts to sell to people that they're supposed to represent that fucking clown show. Then you have Ace Delic, who I think like worked on the website or some stupid shit. And you got Trooper Abandon or whatever. Who the fuck are these people? Why are they there? It, it, it makes no fucking sense. That group is absolute shit. I hear the music, I get angry. Because there's no way I could take that fucking thing seriously. It's the dumbest fucking thing in independent wrestling, that fucking group. Just keep having the mob boss wrestle. That, that's the fucking best thing in the world. Just keep having him do it. Someone who's so into fucking mafia and Italian shit should be the first one to point that out because I'm not that into it. I don't want to fucking, you know, the godfather every other fucking week. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those dudes. The fucking people who are, who are really, really into that gimmick should probably pay attention and go, hey, you know what? This, this looks like shit because it does. So anyway... You do that, and now Young cuts his fucking promo and uses Stone Cold. And eh, eh, I don't think so. Like it's <laughs> just fucking lame as fuck. So again, no Joker. Now we get an open challenge, and see, open challenges to a certain extent they work. Um, obviously, if you if Joker's not there and you have no you have no um, options then, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I understand that. But there's certain ways that you lay out an open challenge that you give the fans some kind of thought like they're going to get some surprise to make up for what they lost. That's exactly how this was laid out, and it's not the first time it's been done because it's like, I'm the toughest world champion ever, Anyone from the history or now or, you know, maybe in the locker room or maybe you're going to see him five times in your show or maybe from the history of the company, no one's ever tougher than me. Just expect, like, what the fuck are we going to get? Oh, shit, who could it be? The crowd's going to sit in the crowd for the entire show because it's the main event. Go, oh, man, who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think it's going to be? You know, hugging, like, eyes wide open at intermission like did you see anybody did you see anybody asking around hey hey who is it who is it you know like that's that's what fans do if you get them some kind of hype for an open challenge well shit we just got fucked out of the one reason we showed up because if you remember last week my quote was that's worth the admission that's worth the pay-per-view Biff music versus joker well when you take that off the fucking card tell me something good because i haven't heard shit yet so that's, that's the way that they led the show with that ridiculous little fucking stable running around and then getting the fans' fucking hopes up again. So, opening match, uh, Latin Dragon Alex Cologne. This was a great, great opener, I thought. Um, 
you know, these are two guys, like I said, you know, for different reasons, they weren't regulars again. Uh, Alex is over there in Ohio. Um, Latin Dragons, you know, been all over Mexico and stuff like that. Um, just, you know, tremendously improved uh, Latin Dragon. And uh, because you got to think, you know, when he was first doing a lot of stuff in CZW, he was just, you know, going through CZW training. As he started to get better, he started to get bookings in other places. So as, you know, his everything started to really come into place the way it should, he was already working elsewhere. So it wasn't like CCW could even book, you know, the dude at his full potential. Right, well, I don't even want to say full potential. I mean, he could still get even better. But, um, you know, once the dude was a guy who should have been, you know, in the, you know, the, uh, they don't have a junior heavyweight title, but, you know, like the high-flying, I guess, wired title or whatever they were doing. You know, he, he could have been in all these, you know, Latin Dragon AR Fox, and um, he should have been in best of the best tournaments and stuff like that. But, you know, he had different bookings in Mexico and all that shit. So that's awesome. But in the same token, we never really got a full run out of this dude to see what he could do. And, and I think he's very valuable to, to CZW. He's been around CZW for so long. He knows what it is. He knows what the fans want. He knows what, you know, what's going to get over. And the same goes for Alex Cologne. Alex Cologne just happens to be, you know, a little out of range with the uh, Ohio thing. But so would Chris and, and they're there every month. So, um, I think Alex Cologne, they could definitely put in a program. It's unfortunate because when they did the thing with, uh, with, um, Four Loco turned into Murderer's Row. They just exploded the whole thing. They broke up the team, but then stopped booking every single person involved with the team. <laughs> so it wasn't like they broke them up the feud. They I, they kind of sort of feuded, and then they just just stopped booking them all, like every one of them, including Chrissy. That's crazy. I I don't know. So uh, that that was that. Like I said, good opener. Um, Papadon versus Greg Excellent. Papadon is another one I have absolutely no use for. Um, he's not a bad wrestler. I'm not saying what he does out there is bad. I just think he has no value. I, I have zero value in that dude. I just think he's, he's fucking worthless. He doesn't add any entertainment to anything I've ever watched with him on it. You know, like he's, he's not, you know, fucking moves up all over the place or anything, but he's just like absolutely not entertaining to me. So I, I don't know why they ever started booking him as if he's a good... He must be friends with somebody because it seems like how the company works. Like, everybody's friends with somebody and then they get bookings and then you can't get rid of them. I, I don't... I, I, there's a lot of jobs like that, too. I, I've definitely seen that at uh, where I work that, you know, this person's friends with that person and then they get hired and next thing you know, uh, you know, fucking six months down the line, uh, why is this asshole still here? Oh, uh, you know, they feel bad because they're friends with such and such. It's like, you God damn it. You know, and I, I don't know if that's the case or, or what it is with him or if this is like a favor. Someone lost a fucking bet. Now we got to book this guy. I, I don't know. I just, I have no use for him. As soon as that dude starts doing his shtick, I'm just like, fuck, fuck this. And he, he gets in the ring to start the thing. And he yells at Larry to get his black ass over here. I'm like, this is this is some shit here, you know. Um, Greg, meanwhile, you know, is a very very entertaining dude. Turns out he wrestles fucking three quarters of this match, if not more, maybe ninety percent of this match, with a Mountain Dew can in his crotch. This dude had a, a full Mountain Dew can 
in his tights for the whole fucking match. Doing that, the Rick Roll move, doing all sorts of shit that, man, fuck, that shit is crazy as hell. That, uh, that, that's some impressive shit right there as far as, uh, wrestling with soda goes. Uh, you know? Um, then, uh, next up you had, uh, Devin Moore beating Milk Chocolate. This was initially supposed to be Devin Moore and Danny Havoc, uh, versus Milk Chocolate. Who was a team that got jobbed out to Chris Dickinson single-handedly? Uh, they, they walked out there and Dickinson killed both of them, and, uh, it was very entertaining. Uh, they're not a horrible tag team. But again, you know, what do you do with a tag team once you had one guy beat the shit out of both of them? Um, and then you had Devin Moore, uh, apparently Danny Havoc's ankle or some shit got hurt in Japan. So they said, uh, you know, Devin came out there and, uh, said something about, uh, first he yelled at Clark, and then he, um, I don't want to fuck with my throat right now, otherwise I do all the Devin stuff. Um, but, um, and then he, he said that, um, oh, we'll, we'll bring Danny out so he could be ringside anyway. So then the, the, the announcers, there's this dude carrying, uh, fucking pushing a couch out there with Danny Havoc on it. And the announcers immediately go, oh, that's, that's Connor Claxton. And I'm like, who the fuck is Connor Claxton? What the, who, what the fuck? This guy's acting like we should all know who the fuck he's talking about. So then, like, after a lot of confusion, I realized that, like, oh, this is one of those guys from those student shows that they think people care about. Uh, I'm like, oh, well, well, all right. But, hey, when you're fucking mentioning the guy, like, I, he lives in my house, why don't you mention, like, hey, that's Connor Claxton from our fucking student shows, or that's Connor Claxton from the fucking Dojo Wars shows. Some shit. You might remember that guy from, you know, do the Troy McClure thing. Hi, I'm Connor Claxton. You might remember me from such things as fucking student shows and packing the fucking ring up and putting it in the thing and fucking making a beer run for the boys. You know, like, I mean, give me something to fucking go off of other than, hey, that's Connor Claxton. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. I feel like I'm in, like, an inside conversation now. You're supposed to be the announcer talking to the people all over the country ordering this shit you know chances are the people ordering it on iPay-Per-View have not seen the fucking student shows that aren't on iPay-Per-View I mean I know they're on the fucking they're on the internet YouTube and all that bullshit but I, I've seen those things posted on the thing I maybe watched one of them and regretted it I, I'm not watching a fucking student show but I, I would think that it's it's understandable that they're not all household names just because you've run them on student shows. So maybe just, you know, don't seem so excited and shout the name out as if we know what the fuck you're saying. Um, James Strickland um, defended his wired championship against Lucky. Um, it was all right. You know, it, it was all right. Like I said, I initially wanted to see uh, Joe Gacy versus Lucky. And uh, they were Shane Strickland versus Lucky, and then they took that to Joe Gacy Lucky because of the student show, and then they took it back to fucking Strickland Lucky because of the other student show, and that's what we got. And it was all right. But, you know, and then they had uh, Tremont come in at the end and, uh, you know, uh, fuck Lucky up and everything. So, 
Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's PJ for you. So after the match, uh, you know, all sorts of interference and everything, and uh, they set up next month is going to be um, Drew Gulak, Kate Webb, Adam Flash, and Messiah versus DJ and the Front. So there's that. Um, then Alexander James, another guy who I absolutely have zero to use for. Um, I, I cannot stand this dude. I think he's fucking horrible. They continue to disrespect the junior title with this guy because, you know, why would they show value in a title that means more than the owner of the company? Um, and this guy can't even say Z. Like, he's he's holding a CZW belt, and this guy can't say the letter Z. He says CCW every single time that he tries to say CZW. It, it's disgusting. It, it's absolutely disgusting. This guy is it's just absolute garbage. Um, and then they have him wrestle. Now, this is after intermission. And they have him wrestle... This is the why is this this high on the card? They have him wrestle Chuck Mambo. Who the fuck is Chuck Mambo? And then now to further push Alexander James, you have the two I don't know their names, the two big black dudes that have been C V W students for like five years. Um I gotta say at least because I know there was security there like when they were still in the arena and shit. Um, they have them doing like like they're the black shield and they're they're there to they're there to protect this douchebag. So they have him help him and and uh, that's and he he won because of that. So it's ridiculous and clearly it's going to go on longer because now he has people to help him and it's just more and more things that are continual. Uh, angles or staples in the show are absolute shit. So it becomes more and more of the show that I don't look forward to whatsoever because anything going on with the front, I, I'm i all checked out. So that's, that's one definite. Another definite is DJ involvement and mic work and all this other bullshit. That part's going to suck as well. Then you have some form of Alexander James segment, which is also going to suck. So you can guarantee at least three things you're not going to like in that card. And um, and it's not just me. I mean, let's let's not pretend. Let's look around the crowd and do do like an actual real survey of what they think about those those three things right there. And that's something you plan on playing long term. So that's that's. That's your gig. Um, then you had the three-way. It was uh, John Silver, uh, JT Dunn, and Jake Crisp. And um, this was this was a good match. I, I enjoyed the match. Um, it was good. Uh, Silver gets super fired up and always it's always entertaining. Um, I mean, they're all great wrestlers. Uh, Dave Dave Chris has really really gotten heavy. Um, but, I mean, to his credit, the fucking guy's still doing backflips and star presses and every fucking thing he wants to in that ring. So, uh, I mean, I give that guy credit 
for being a hell of an athlete, no matter what he looks like. Uh, again, you know, I've said it in the past, and it's not, you know, as a knock on the guy or to shit on him at all, because, you know, if you enjoyed a basketball player or a baseball player, and, you know, the next season they showed up for training camp and they were, you know, 20 pounds overweight, you'd be like, oh, God damn it, why do you, you know, what the fuck? You still hope for him to, you know, go out there and put on a fantastic game, but you hate to see one of your favorite players show up, you know, just, just not looking as good as you've seen him. Um, if you remember, I believe it was the end of last year. Uh, when they, I think it was the first time they, I don't know if it was the first time they went to Japan, but um, one of the first times they went to Japan was CZW, I could say. Um, they, I mean, fucking both of those dudes were showing, like, signs of abs. Like, they were, you know, they were in very, very good shape. And, you know, it, I mean, it's just gone downhill from there. Like I said, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm no hate on the dude because the fucking guy's pulling off tremendous things in the ring any goddamn way. But, you know, it's just a shame. I, I always like to see guys right on top of their game, you know, if possible. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, great competitor either way. Um, so, like I said, that was a good match. Uh, you know, Dunn ended up doing it, you know, hitting him with the belt, winning it, and uh, they turned it into it's going to be, uh, uh, I think, a three-way ladder match uh, at the Chris Cash fucking uh, Dancing with the Stars uh September show, our three-way ladder match for the titles, uh, the Juicy Product, the uh, the Beaver Boys, and uh, Ohio's for Killers. So I think that should be really good, really, really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, next up, you have another horrible segment. Oh, I forgot about another thing that they're going to do consistently now. Nate Stein or Phil Stamper or whatever, I- I've never... I've never heard a dude who really didn't have, like, an in-ring persona or, uh, you know, actual, like, an on, like, a face role, like, where you actually saw the dude have a work, like, a work and shoot name, but this dude, like, goes back and forth between the Nate Stein and the, the, the fucking, but I think he is a wrestler somewhere, just not anywhere that matters, you know, uh, fucking... Phil Stamper is one of the most annoying fucking people I've ever heard talk. Ever. Whether I've seen him, I've heard him talk on other podcasts that that would do him the justice of allowing him to talk and just be a fucking cornball for however long he was going to. When he would do his commentary, he was fucking horrendous. And I fucking said it on my show when he private messaged me. He was like, hey man, like I heard some things. What did you say about what I sounded like, and I told him the same thing, and he's like, oh, okay. And it's like, no, dude, I, I just don't fucking like the dude. I think he's a cornball. No fucking way would I ever think in a million years that someone would be like, you'd make a great wrestling manager. I know it would be good if you represented talent in the ring, and you come out and talk. Now, we know Robbie Marino doesn't have a job with the company. We know that Billy Graham doesn't have a job with the company. And don't get me wrong. I, you know, I personally, you know, I have some personal issues with Billy Graham. And I also understand that, you know, he burned a lot of fucking bridges. Like, you know, he left that company and talked a lot of shit immediately about all the people who ran the company, which is never going to get you your job back. But as far as talent-wise, a guy like that was able to 
make that much more of an experience out of the guys that he was with, you know, with the Cole Fitchin thing. I mean, you know, just the aura of that group that came out and the promos and the darkness and the, the vignettes, uh, you know, it was intense. And, and same thing, Robbie Marino, his promos are off the fucking chain, but that dude doesn't have a fucking job there. You know, meanwhile, Phil Stamper's walking out there going, oh, I got some something for you. Here's the CEO. And I'll tell him calmly, I'm going to get you a contract. And get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. So now he's going to be like the fucking, the, the CCW fucking uh, contract weasel that's going to go and fucking get Caleb Conley a fucking title shot, which I also don't want to see. I like Caleb Conley. I don't need to see him against fucking uh, Biff Busick. So that's immediately a match that you guys are trying to line up that I don't want to see. So that's fantastic. Thanks, guys. Um, you know. Not all that shit is supposed to happen Just because you just, oh, here's a good idea We'll have this guy who doesn't belong in any fucking ring anywhere We'll have him start doing managing Because everyone will love seeing this guy And then it'll be that DJ Healy Where they legitimately hate the fucking dude And then they're like, see, he's over, he's a heel He's a heel, they hate him But no, they just fucking hate the guy You know the fucking difference? You know, that's like walking around and being like, oh Man, I just saw the news. This guy raped the kid. Man, he's such a heel. Oh, he's such a heel. People hate him so much. No, he's a fucking douchebag. People hate him because he's a dickhead, and they legitimately hate him. He's not a heel. That's the, that's the difference, DJ. You're not a heel. You're not a heel. You're just doing things people hate. The Chris Dickinson thing continues. The saga continues. They continue to chant Chris Dickinson's name. You're legitimately not booking him. You are legitimately giving, not giving fans what they want, and then trying to turn it into heel heat by going out there in the ring and going, I told him to go home, and you guys are going to sit there and like it. Yeah, well, the, the problem about that is it's not cool to legitimately not give fans what they want when you own a company. Now, if you want to play up a heel angle and hang it over their heads, and then have the guy reinstated by somebody else after, like, a month away. Not fucking three, four months away or however long it's been where they chant his name every fucking show over your fucking, over your matches. You know what I mean? You hold it out for him for a little bit, and then someone else reinstates it against your will, and then, oh, my God, the good guy's there. If this is a guy you have no intention on booking or it's going to be five months before you book again, and every month you go out there and go, you're not getting it because I said so. You're just being a dickhead. You're not a heel. There's no talent involved in that. You're going out there, and you're being a dickhead. And, fucking, and again, you're talking to your lemmings that you can shit in their car, and they'll go home and just go, I just wish they wouldn't shit in my car, man. You think we could park somewhere else? Maybe we'll walk like a mile from our cars because they just shit in it every time. Can't stand it. Did you bring the Febreze, man? Good. Did you bring the streamers and the Febreze? Because we're going to need it, man. Hold some of those streamers in case we've got to scoop some shit out of the fucking driver's seat. This, this is, those people will go every fucking month. I had several of them on the computer saying, that was the worst show I've ever been to. These shows are just getting worse and worse. At this point, I just go there to hang out with my friends. 
I'm just like, you motherfuckers. So you're you're just going to say, like, fuck that show, but I'll still pay them every month to go see other people in the crowd. That's fucking crazy. And if you know that you have fans that are legitimately doing that, man, there is nothing to be proud about about that. And you really need to rethink your heel status because it's just being a dickhead. It's not being a heel. It's really not. Whatever your reasoning for not booking Chris Dickinson when everybody wants you to fucking book Chris Dickinson doesn't it doesn't uh, fucking add up to more money. They're fucking he was the most overfaced at the time and fucking you pulled him out of a main event and haven't seen him since. Like you deprived them of seeing him wrestle that night when he was there. And then fucking months have gone by and every show, Dickinson, Dickinson, Dirty Daddy, all this shit. And, and you just come out there and go, no, I told him to stay home. Better shut up or I'll tell more people to stay home. It's like, dude, first off, you're not Vince McMahon. You're not fucking Triple H. And you're not giving them 10 other things on the card that they'd rather see as well. You have one fucking guy that they're screaming over your matches, destroying matches, because you've hung this fucking carrot over their head, and, and you think that that's good heel heat. You're an idiot. You're a fucking tool bag. There's no fucking way that there's good heel heat behind just robbing fans of exactly what they want to say and go, I did it because I don't like you guys. Like, Are you running a business? Are you? What are you doing? So, um, anyway, that was a horrible segment. Um, then you had Daisy versus Pepper Park. I'm not a Pepper Park fan. She said it time and time again. Something about the dude just, just, just doesn't get over with me at all. Um, you know, Joe Gacy's great. I mean, he's just gotten better and better. And I really enjoy the dude's work. Uh, Pepper Parks is another guy. I just, I just don't like him. Um, they, um, and he's a good wrestler and everything too. But something about him and just, just never really felt it. And he just seems like a guy who's not going to be there long, so I don't know why they continue to try to invest in him. Because as soon as he gets something one way or another in another fed, he's, he's out of there. And that's that's kind of what he did last time. Um, but, you know, we'll see if it was a one-time deal or whatever. So they do their big reveal, main event, and uh, Rip Music comes out, and who's it going to be? J.R. Fox's music hit. So he comes out, and I'm like, oh, thanks. Gonna be a fucking hell of a main event. Oh, he's not medically cleared. So now we're still teasing, teasing, teasing. Jake Chris comes out and he, he's wrestling him. Like, well, that's no big fucking surprise. I mean, Jake Chris is a hell of a wrestler. And, hey, don't get me wrong, it was a great match. But, again, you built up the suspense from the fans who got beat out of seeing a big, big match. They're going, all right, you know, I guess we'll see on him and Jake. I mean, you haven't built... You've, you've been doing this thing where Ohio's for Killers cannot even overcome, you know, uh, Juicy Product or, you know, the guys that they're wrestling on the tag team scene in order to get what they want there. So you have them at a kind of like a struggling, you know, can't find a way, chasing the bell type thing where it's just... It's still not working out for them. And... That guy gets a title shot at the at the at the world title for for what? Oh, because 
you didn't have anybody else to do it. I, I get it, but again, don't build it as like a big, who's it going to be? Like, oh, that guy. All right. Yeah, I mean, that worked. That'd be all right. But, I mean, there's no legitimacy to why you would give that guy a title shot in storyline. Other than, shoot, we needed somebody. So, you know, that toughest guy, I'm the toughest champion anytime, anywhere, anybody from any time in CZW history or now wants to step up, and then Jake Chris just comes out. Again, I'm not downgrading Jake, but I feel like the way that you build that up is it's like it's going to be a big mystery. Who's it going to be? Big surprise. Oh, the guy, we, well, we saw him earlier on the card. Cool. Like I said, good match. Okay. You know how you fuck that up? Fuck finish. Lots of interference. Tons of interference. Okay. So, let me get this right. Again, DJ. You fuck fans out of their match with Joker. Um, like I said, speculation. I don't think Joker would no show. Um, this is the second time it's happened. I don't know how long you knew for. It was probably longer than you know, the day of the show. Um, so you, you gave them no time to make any other decision with what they wanted to do if you couldn't provide them with something better. Um, you're replacing them with Jay Chris, which is fine, but I don't know, like, if you if you announced that on the website that there wouldn't be um, Joker, there would be Jay Chris, maybe a couple people wouldn't have made the trip. And you weren't willing to make that sacrifice because that was the best you were going to give them and there was no maybes about it. That was that was your decision. Um, so then, you know, you do that, and what's probably the worst thing you could do, even if those fans were getting into those matches? Oh, fuck the finish on the main event. Yeah, just just uh, throw in a bunch, of, a bunch of interference and give them no fucking good finish on the main event. I I, I don't understand. I, I just I, I clearly don't understand your way of thinking. I think it's absolute bullshit. Um, you know, I, I think fuck finishes on a main event should be very extremely rare, and it's constant in CCW because you know this isn't this isn't Raw where next week we'll see what happens. No, oh, they you know that main event ended all oh, shady like no like you don't see them for another month, so they spend their money. What what happened? Oh, who knows? I'll fucking see you in a month. We'll see you, you know, see you travel two two hours to come and see us again in a month because we didn't deliver the main event that you signed up for and then you settled into the main event that you were gonna get and then we gave you a screw job finish on that too. Like flat I mean it's almost like you're daring people not to show up. Because it's my company, you know. You're gonna come and see it and like it. Okay, DJ. So that's uh CZW's heat. Um, interesting show indeed um, I'll have some more positive things to talk about next week I promise um, that was uh, that was quite a show and you know like I covered it pretty well um, <laughs> sorry for anyone who might have offended speaking of offended um, I'm going to do plugs and stuff in a minute but Andrew um, had actually gotten a voicemail this uh, after the last week's show that I did which, man, I wish I got weekly voicemails. I wish there was eight of them. Uh, we could we could pick each one apart and, and listen to them and enjoy them and maybe, I mean, build friendships with these people or at least relationships and maybe like, hey, they called in again, you know. 
Um, so, I mean, maybe we'll see after this week. But um, so anyway, there was a voicemail left, and um, following my last show, you want to go ahead and play that, Andrew? Yeah, uh, you never know what's going to happen sometimes. We don't get many voicemails on here, but uh, here was one. Yeah, you know, I'm a bit of a Howard Stern fan, a big Don Tony fan. Uh, I usually download your podcast once a week or so, you know, just for entertainment along with Don Tony and, you know, the uh, other ones there on Thursday nights. Uh, I just downloaded a podcast that is on your website from Thursday the 21st. Says Yakuza Kick Radio J. Unlistenable. You ever have this communist on again? I'll never download a podcast of Can't yours go. ever again. This guy Jay, a communist, unlistenable. <laughs> uh, that's just fucking fabulous. Oh, I love it. You fucking pinko. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. I don't know. I I think it, I'm still. I still prefer when um when that guy called me a whore on the internet repeatedly. That that guy still he still wins for insults with me because I've never been called a whore by a man so often. But um, <laughs> but this this guy is definitely a good second place with I'm a communist. Like he was. He had no other words for me. I was just a straight-up communist. Like, um, like I can somewhat get whore, like, in the sense that, you know, you're a CCW guy, so you promote their shit a lot. So, like, I can kind of get where someone might say you're, like, a whore for something like that. But, like, the guy... Oh, no. He was telling me... Because <laughs> I, I deleted him as a friend because he had a bunch of dumb shit to say. And, um... <laughs> he messaged me and said, Whore, did you block me? Whore. <laughs> that's how he started his sentence. That, that was the best part about it. He started his sentences with whore. And um, so I said, no, stupid. I deleted you. I didn't block you. That's why you're still able to message me. I found no use for you on my wall saying ridiculous things, as he said. And uh, he responded, Whore, let me tell you, six five three fifty. <laughs> Come get some. <laughs> Someone so there's um a lot of really weird uh, WWE fans on Instagram, and so mm -hmm. like let's say Nikki Bella puts a picture up, right? Like mm -hmm. almost every comment is you sold out. How could you do that to your sister? Like they take the shit seriously, right? So, yeah. So like I I said to someone with them, it's like you know you realize that it's like a storyline, right? And she still loves her sister, and they they someone called me a hairy pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. But yeah, you, you never know what you're gonna get out of these people. So I'm born communist. I'm actually uh, really curious as to why they called you a communist. Like I would invite them to call. Um, oh yeah, call next week. Yeah, I'm really but, uh, curious. Or minimally, if you're not around Wednesday nights, you know, leave another voicemail and explain it. Oh yeah, absolutely. By all means, I welcome all voicemail. I love it. Yeah, um, I mean, we had this anyway, we had this, um, we had this conversation off the air last week because I, I, I told you about it before. You know, when when I got it, and um, you know. Criticism is good. You know, you know what, you, what what might not be bothering people. Like personally, as someone who runs this uh, this feed and everything, I, I don't mm. want to say it offends me, but it's you know, 
I'm not gonna not do something because one person says they're not gonna listen anymore. You know, if it, uh, right. you know, if it's and it's like there's a certain like, especially like if you had said some crazy fucked up shit, I might be like, I don't think I'm gonna do that again. But like, the worst thing I think you said was the thing having to do with the uh, gun T-shirt at uh, Great America, or whatever whatever the amusement park was, and it's like. Right. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, I appreciate listeners and everything, but I'm not gonna let one, you know, produce any of my any of uh, our content. Right. Right. So I, I don't know. Uh, but you know, if uh, people need more to listen to, for sure, uh, the sports den is still on now. I'm still will be on in the morning, um, covering football and everything else. Uh, they, you know, football's coming up, and I'm definitely going to be getting into that heavy once we get uh, two weeks from now. So um, we're both in their uh, we're both in their fantasy league. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're in the fantasy league. A lot to talk about. I can't wait. I'm hyped. Football. Uh, apparently, uh, Direct TV. I, I don't think I'm going to be getting that because I have too many trees in my yard. Um, I, had that, I, I had that problem. Told. I had that problem. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm not going to be getting that. But um, otherwise, yeah, so check out those guys. Uh, Wrestling Soup will be on tomorrow night, uh, 7.15, I believe. Uh, I think their website's down, so I think they're under Don Tony's feed um, or something. Um, so I check out their Facebook, and I'll have all the details, I'm sure. And then um, obviously you guys are on Saturday. Uh, not this week. Um, Stephanie's birthday okay. this weekend, so, you know, we're uh... – we're taking it off. If you know Stephanie on Twitter or Facebook, uh, shoot her happy birthday on Friday. Uh, I know she'll appreciate it. Um, but next Tuesday, 9 o'clock, uh, we'll be doing, uh, for you Stern fans who know of the Gonzo Shitcock, Eric the Actor uh, feud, we'll be having the Gonzo Shitcock show. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm best buddies with <laughs> with Gonzo Shitcock, and uh, we'll be doing we'll be doing a show. So uh, he's hilarious. he's got he's got a couple things he's working on, and uh, it should be a good you know. When he go, calls into Howard, he only gets you know maybe ten twenty minutes at most. But uh, you know, here we ha- you get to know all about uh, Gonzo Shitcock. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. Um... Thank you again, Andrew. Uh, no problem. Highly, man. highly appreciate it. And uh, well, I sent you, uh, I, I sent you a text last week with a couple suggestions for maybe some things you could do that are a little more um, affordable than Blog Talk Radio. And of course, obviously, I'm willing to help out wherever I can. I'm sure Mish will be able to, you know, give you a hand setting some stuff up. So, uh, you know, I think that's definitely something to look into that would save you a lot, of, a lot of dough. Yeah, I, I got to figure out the technical aspect of it. I'm kind of uh, technologically retarded when it comes to computers. Um, you know, and I got this computer from from what I know. It's it's uh, you know pretty good setup because I you know I had it custom built and stuff. And um, yeah, that guy knows his shit at least. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I would hope I have the components to do this type of thing, and I just I don't have the know-how whatsoever. Blog Talk is a very, very easy, user-friendly thing where you kind of just do your thing. You call in, they record it, it's up 15 minutes later. It's pretty, you know, pretty clean cut, but also ridiculously expensive. So, yeah, um, yeah 
I would definitely love to know how to do it uh, this way. So you well, know, even like minimum, definitely... minimally, if like you you front the cash for uh, feed, um, which you know, like I said, like I told you, my feed is no is like twenty bucks a month. Um, at least until you figure it out, I'd be willing to keep doing this for you, and that'll save you what like eighty bucks a month. Yeah. So that's just something to think about. Absolutely, man. So yeah, we'll definitely be talking, and uh, I guess uh, next week. Checking me back out here. Yep. And um Yeah, man. Alright. The cat in the house. Cat in the house. Let's get to the cat in the house. Yakuza Kick Radio. Kill them all. Back on top. Think about it. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Cause these motherfuckers are geniuses. Keep it up, I'm a nigga. What the fuck? But you go to the back. And you tell your boss. That there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over 